0: In this live conversation with De Stefano, who I recently released a podcast about the nine-dimensional cosmology, we go even deeper into his knowledge base, a knowledge base that he accesses from remembering his past lives and all the space in between. And I was skeptical too, but I invite you guys to listen to this with an open mind and just see if what he's saying resonates. See if there's real wisdom in it. Put it up to your own test of... Is this information valuable or is it not valuable? I can't wait to share this live podcast recorded at Fit for Service Sedona last year and see what you guys have to say about it. De DiStefano live. But before we get started, a word from our sponsors. First up, we have Fit for Service. This is Fit for Service's fourth year of operation. We've had thousands of people come through the program and been a part of so many transformational experiences this year coming up we're expanding the program to include even more offerings so while we're going to continue with our core programs we're actually condensing those down to a nine-week intensive program that's going to include four masterclasses from myself and the rest of our coaches and then four weeks of additional calls and opportunity to interact with myself and our other coaches. And then in the middle is going to be our flagship summit. And this year's summit is going to be from March 2nd through March 6th. And it's going to be titled Beyond Biohacking, Mastering the Body for Transformation. So how do we use this vehicle that we have as a portal for holistic optimization, to really be able to process mental, emotional, and spiritual growth initiatives that we have all focused on the body so we're going to start off with jamie wheel leading us through some flow activations we're going to move into a challenge race that brings some of the traditions from ancient sparta into a warrior ethos and it's not the spartan race (laughs) you don't have to worry about that it's something much different than that in true fit for service style moving on to explore meditation and tantra and trauma release and then the most incredible breathwork practitioners I've had the privilege of working with, Lucas and Hella, are going to be back to offer their breathwork. And we're going to close it all down here at the Eco Farm right outside of Austin in Lockhart. I'm really excited for this program. Emily Fletcher is going to be joining us, Gone, Gone Beyond, as a musical guest, The Human Experience. It is a packed, star studded event, and it's probably going to be the most powerful experience that we've ever offered in all of these four years but in addition there's other programs that are smaller in duration but are going to have immense impact so if you're interested Kyle and Eric Godzi are hosting something at the end of January and Matthew Hussey Rebecca Boatman myself and Vilana are going to be offering a special retreat for people who are single people who want to Attract, find, discern, discover who their ideal mate and partner might be in a container that's directed specifically for that purpose. So, we're going to go through all kinds of different experiences, information, exercises to help prepare you to call in that partner that you've always imagined was possible in your mind and be the type of partner that somebody else is calling in to be their ideal partner. So that's going to be happening February 12th, 13th, and 14th as well. So you'll see all of these programs available at fitforservice.com. So check it out, fitforservice.com. And if you're interested, apply. Next up, we have mud water. And right now, mud water is in my bloodstream. It's in my bloodstream pretty much every day because it is my favorite coffee alternative drink. Every single morning, without fail, I mix up that mud water with some butter, with some coconut butter, with some cashew butter, and with perhaps a little bit of protein in there, and I blend it all together, and I have my delicious morning ritual drink, and it contains everything that I would want. It has cacao as like a major note, and then all of my favorite nutritional mushrooms, and then a bunch of other ingredients like turmeric and a lot of other superfoods that are really just going to nourish my body while giving me one-seventh the amount of caffeine as coffee. Because if you've read my book, Own the Day, you don't want a bunch of caffeine in the morning. But having just a little bit mixed with all of that fat is ideal for me. So definitely check it out. They're a company that's decided to just do one thing really fucking good. And they've done it. Mudwater is the shit. So go to Mudwtr.com slash amp and you'll get five dollars off your order of mud water once again mudwtr.com slash amp and lastly we have on it now everybody's heard me talk about on it why because i created on it largely as a solution to everything that i've wanted to have available for my own life so it's just expanding the toolbox of all of the tools that are available i actually had somebody ask me recently saying what do you do with all of the different supplements and biohacking techniques and everything that you're aware of how do you fit it all in and my explanation was really look i've spent the time to get familiar with all of the different tools all of the different supplements all of the foods all of the practices and i don't do everything every single day that would be crazy but i know which tool to apply to which situation to bring out the total human optimization that i'm looking for in that given moment so that's how i do it and on it is a huge indelible part of this process for me and i know it will be for you so check out everything we have on it.com slash aubrey for 10 percent off always once again o-n-n-i-t.com slash aubrey and now an uninterrupted podcast with Matthias de stefano live all right thanks everybody for settling in um this here is Matthias De Stefano, and yes, I love, I love that some of you know him because meeting this man has been one of the greatest blessings that I can remember in recent history, his ability to access information from a calm place of knowing. And this calm place of knowing for people who don't know his history, he described himself as if the whole universe and our planet is an organism, and he just happens to be a memory cell. And the memory cell of that organism is able to remember the past lives that he's lived, and also have access points as this particular type of cell that he is, that his higher self can communicate and download information. Now, I have to say that we're here in Sedona. You go to local juicery, you're going to hear horoscope readings. You're going to hear auras. I heard a long explanation of how if you shoot near the sun, there's going to be an orb that arises in the picture. And I'm like, it's not an orb. It's what happens with the camera flare, man. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, get me out of here. I always come with a healthy amount of skepticism and I definitely encourage that here in Sedona as well. And I approached matias the same way i was like well, what is this guy talking about talking about atlantis he doesn't know and then i started listening to him and everything he said resonated in my body like someone was playing a spanish guitar that was perfectly in tune and i'm like that's a fucking song and it makes sense and it resonates and the truth resonates and we did a two and a half hour podcast yesterday and it was absolutely in resonance with so many experiences I've had from 22 years of plant medicine journeys, everything, making correlations, connections, connecting the dots. And uh, so I just want to share that incredible gratitude that I have for you for saying yes to coming out here and not only jumping on the podcast, but coming in here to, to share yourself with, uh, with this community.
1: Thank you. Thank you all.
0: So the interesting, the interesting challenge of having this intergalactic record keeper of all things and access of all things is what do you talk to him about so i'm going to try and talk to him as many times as i possibly can in this life but for today because we have this theme of finding the union within the self and the union within all i want to start there and i want to start talking with you about union and i guess a good place to start is to you give a beautiful explanation of union through biology through cells through atoms themselves you know being this interconnected force but i'd like to to touch on that but then also talk about why the ancients and why so many people have discussed the trinity as an important part of the union so you know that will be our jump off point is to understand the universal unity and then the reasons why people have tried to understand unity in the form of the Trinity?
1: Well, uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> um, well, um, there, as I told you yesterday, there are many ways to explain um, all this. Um, there are thousands of ways, and what I explain is not the truth. Sorry. <laughs> what I explain is just a slice of the truth that I was able to access. So this means that uh, whatever I explain is just an idea for you to understand a little bit and then to keep looking for more so you can complete the puzzle. Um, So basically, um, unity, from our point of view, is only seen by a trinity because when you have... Uh, the beginning of everything, which is the nothingness. Um, You have one dot, nothing else. That's unity. It's not union, it's unity. So it's only one thing, but that only one thing cannot know that it is unless it observes itself. So in order for the unity to know what it has within, it has to observe. So that's why it goes out and creates duality. Duality is... A different point of view to observe itself, so it can have a different point of view. So it can stare like in a mirror. But with that obser- ob- observation, does nothing. You need to manifest it. You need to move yourself to see if what you see is real or not. So you have to change your point of view, which makes us three, which is the movement of duality. and. That creates a triangle, which means that the first shape in the universe that ever existed is a triangle because it's the only possible existing uh, being, because you have one thing that is observing itself and moving around in order to have a different perspective of itself. So that's why the first structure that ever existed in the universe is a triangle. From there, fractalization. From three, you get six, nine, and so on, and it creates fractals everywhere. But the first integration that the triangle has to do is to find the core. So unity goes to duality to find trinity, and by trinity, it finds the movement that, uh, that when you accomplish to give the whole circle the whole uh, spinning around, you find yourself in the center. You realize that any of those points were real, but all of them made only one. So you return to the unity for the first time, not unity but union, the unity of, of all the parts, with the understanding of what you had within. And that is the triangle with one dot in the middle. And that's the famous image of the triangle with an eye that you have in the dollar and these things. Well, it was not Masons who made it. (laughs) It was very old. Masons imitate that. Um, It is the first triangle with one thing that says, oh, now I see. That's why they put an eye on it. Now I understand. Now I see. And with that vision, Actually, what you have is a tetrahedron. I don't know if you know the shape. Yeah, tetrahedron is a geometrical shape of four triangles, one in the base and three around. So that is geometrically is the first structure that creates anything that exists from an atom, particles, everything. So that's why Trinity is so important to understand unity.
0: When people were trying to understand the Trinity, they often divided that into what you could call archetypes. And we associate archetypes with genders, but they're really archetypes masculine, feminine, creative life force. And this was expressed in a variety of different pantheons, different gods and goddesses, different mm-hmm. beings that were actually some of them manifested to help explain this idea, and yeah. some of them just conceptual. So, talk about. You know why it was divided in, in such a way to have you know masculine, feminine, and, and the creative force.
1: Yeah. Well, the the feminine and masculine idea is something that we as a species have. It's not something of the universe. The universe doesn't have feminine or masculine. Uh, has positive or negative? That's the that's the the truth. the The rest is just evolution. And of you our mean world.
0: positive and negative like magnets. Yeah, like yeah. a magnetism. It's not yeah. bad or good. Right. Uh,
1: it's, uh, the negative is the nothing that contains the whole, which is the everything. So we could say that the negative, we can call it the feminine, because it's like the womb that allows everything to be created. And the everything is the masculine energy, which is the one that goes out and manifests something outside. Um but that's something from our point of view as humans actually for the universe is positive and negative so the negative would be this dot that is nothing is the point the unity and then from there creates duality so one negative and the other positive in order to be observed and to manifest something through movement when it moves it creates a wave is the third option so the wave the frequencies creates the third option So we have now this idea that we have something that is negative, something that is positive, that in the movement creates something new. So this is the basis of what we have as a proton, electron, and um, a neutron, for example. So um, that's the first sacred trinity that we could have in our reality, in the third dimension.
0: A little too small for us to see. So yep. gods and goddesses decided, hey, look, let's make this a little <laughs> let's easier on you guys. <laughs>
1: let's make it a, a little bit bigger. So they took that, They no, the universe became itself uh, from that shape as, um, as a tetrahedron and multiplied itself by thousands and millions, creating molecule and from the molecule uh, components, chemicals, and, and so on. So throughout evolution, everything tried to, keep the same pattern that was created with the positive and the negative and neutral. So that kept us to the stars where you have a sun and then you have a moon. And you can call the moon the negative because it's, it brings you down inside and the sun brings you out to see. So you, you can take this, uh, these options in the, in the reality. And eventually, this same creature that was creating, once and again, said, maybe if I divide myself also in positive and negative, I will be able to create different shapes. So it creates the feminine and the masculine for the first time. And I'm not saying woman and man. I'm saying feminine and masculine, which is energies, totally different from reproduction. So it creates these two, this it manifests these two, that eventually in evolution some creatures will need to manifest the uh, female and the mm, masculine to, um, to make it physical, to make, it, to, mm-hmm. to make that um, real. But it's not that the, that the universe was made like that. It was an option for the universe. Uh, because for some trees, for the rocks, for some animals it doesn't work like this. So you cannot put that system in the entire universe like if there is a father and a mother. Right. Because that's only for mammals. So we mammals start to create the idea that the universe has a feminine and a masculine, but because we are mammals, not because it's the truth. <laughs> um, so we are a distortion of the positive and the negative call women and men. And, um, and that... Distortion was able to manifest and create many things. With a negative, which is called the matrix, and the positive, called the pattern. So all creatures are created through a matrix, following some patterns. Matrix and pattern are the origin of the word mother and father in all languages. So the mother is the matrix, that network that manifests all possibilities. The pattern are the lines that you have to follow. So it's that that you follow in, as an idea in, in, in life. And then you manifest yourself through both as a son or a daughter, feminine, masculine, etc. So we are just a distortion or a projection of what the universe really is doing, which is creating waves of vibration of positive and negative in order to manifest realities. So we are just one of those experiences that is trying to figure out. Mm. Um, So it's not the complete truth. It's our truth.
0: Yeah. And when you say, we described this on the podcast, you know, the word distortion can have weight in which it's bad, but it really, this is just energy coming into form. And when it comes mm-hmm. into form, it creates us and it creates this thing. That's not the pure energy anymore. It's obviously mixed. And that's why it's a, it's a projection of the thing, but that's also mixed with a variety of other different forces to create, you know, a, a manifest being.
1: Yeah. It's, um, we usually have this division of Trinity also that we call spirit, soul, and body. Um, and it's common for us to say we have a body, and inside we have a soul, and above we have a spirit. But it's not that also. It's, that's a separation that we created like mom, dad, and the son. Or the father, the Holy Spirit, I don't know, and, and the son. <laughs> so, strong you know, in Christianity <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've never seen a holy ghost having a kid so
0: <laughs> you've been a some, lot of places there's
1: something missing there <laughs> so um, the father, the mother and the son <laughs> I like to say um, so this um, these three um these three are the, the, the basis. Um, sorry, what, what, what are you saying?
0: Well, I think ultimately where, you know, we were talking about how just these energies are oh, essential. Uh, yes, in, sorry,
1: and, yeah. I, for, I, I remember. So, um, so we separate these three, but actually they are the same. It's the same cell, the same yeah. species, the same human. So actually the spirit is not something apart from the other two. The spirit just changed its vibration to become a soul. And the soul changed its its vibration to become a body. So the body is just the projection of the soul and the spirit. Which means that you should not go up above to find the spirit. You should go within, in the atoms, to find the spirit. You should not go outside or other lives to connect with your soul. You just have to go to your emotion, the hormones, to find the soul. Um, So... It's everything connected as that sacred trinity. In ancient times, they tried to explain this in many different ways. Like, you have one sun and one moon. Um, So you have the mother and the father. For the ancient ones, the mother was the sun and the father was the moon. Because the moon was guiding us as the mother was giving everything. Mm. So it was completely opposite to what we have now. Um, and we were the kids learning and creating and so on. But if you go to Mars, it doesn't work. Yep. If you go to Sirius, it doesn't work because you have two sons, so two fathers, and many moons. So, um, big family. <laughs> big family, yeah. <laughs> so, this concept of the Trinity as mom, dad is only here in this planet. If you go to Jupiter, the family grew up. <laughs> it's it's very different. Different. So um, so the concepts of how we started to to project this into the gods um, is uh, into the divine is is just a mammal perspective, and um, and all the trinities that in every um, in every culture they were trying to explain was about that, was about what they were looking at. Oh, we have three things, or they were trying to figure out three main things. You need a mom and a dad to have a kid. So the universe needs a trinity to create something new. Mm. Um, but um, you have three things, um, because the kid is not only the one that creates, is part of the trinity. So what creates really is love which is the unity between three aspects. Mm. So that's the main core. So the sacred
0: union is love.
1: Exactly. Um, and love have many ways to be understood, uh, which takes us to another thing. But um, in every culture, this unity of love through, th- through three things were seen in many different ways. For example, you have the main trinity in Greek mythology or in Egyptian mythology. You have many trinities around. But... Sorry for the word, but they were fucking all around with everyone. <laughs> why? Because in order to create, if, you, if the family is always the same, you will have the same result all the time. So they understood. In order to create more food, you have to cross some plants to have bigger corn, to have bigger... Mm-hmm. So uh, they did the same. And that's why in ancient mythology, you see that the gods were... Pulling around all the time with everyone, and say why? Um, because of that, <laughs> because mm. of creation. They, in order to create, they needed to do uh, many expressions with many around.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of you are being like, I knew it. I'm just a god and a goddess. <laughs> That's it. Confirmed. <laughs> uh, in uh, you have you have purview to experiences in which there was physical manifestations of these energies in a very pure form can you talk about any that perhaps you encountered a a goddess a priestess a priest that really you know obviously nothing is perfect in the in the world of distortion but really tried to embody some of these energies in in physical form that you were able to either witness or hear about in your stories or um that came through Well, the the
1: the Atlantean civilization—they were creating a civilization in which they said, "We are making uh, people into gods and goddesses." So the main uh, advertisement (laughs) of that civilization was, "We are here to be divine," and um, and we can be a strong marketing campaign. (laughs) Yeah, yep. Yep. (laughs) So. in a in a very different way in which uh we have been living in the past uh, three thousand years um, in which we believe that there is a divine there, and in order to be divine, we have to leave this world um in the ancients in the ancients um people, the ancient ones, they said we are already in the skies, we are levitating around the sun, we are part of the heavens so we should not leave this world in order to become the divine. We should make that divine here because we are here in the skies. So uh, many of the Atlantean people, they, they describe all the civilization in order to become that. And priests and, and priests like Yahud called, taught uh, uh, Asia, which is Isis and all these uh, usur uh, Os- Osiris and all these uh, gods and goddesses were not gods and goddesses. They were people. They were people that accomplished to recognize that they were divine. That everything was in their body was light. We are light. Every molecule that. Uh, every atom is basically light, uh, energy. So they accomplished to manifest that, to to acknowledge that they were part of every tree, every mountain, everything. So they became an example for everyone. So they embodied the, the divinity. That's why they call them gods, even if they weren't, as we think about a god, of course. Mm. Yeah, that's why gods walked in between Humans. Sometimes it was not aliens; it was people that
0: accomplished to become. Did you ever get to meet any of those people? In this life or in no. the, another life? In another life.
1: In another life, yes.
0: What was it like? What was the? They were like? all the
1: time covered in white, and you could you couldn't see their faces.
0: So they were actually like drawing. they were
1: very white. Uh, like the 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 sun would hurt the skin. So they were all covered with a veil.
0: Uh-huh. But could you feel a, a particular energy from them? Yes,
1: it 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 was like, you do like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would naturally <laughs> and just... And you were
1: not... But by culture, you were not meant to see into their eyes. Uh-huh. No. So you always had to do this.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. But just a few times, they were there. Not many.
0: Yeah when we're in this world now in this existence, and there's certainly people that, you know, as I said on the podcast yesterday, I, I met, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz, who, you know, was as close as I felt to someone who was a, a being of radiating light, you know, uh, an eighth dimensional being of uh, an ascended master here. And a lot, many people who've met Ramdas have said the same thing. And we see some of these examples that, that do exist, but many of us don't have those encounters. They're, they're very, you know, maybe if we were in Nepal in certain areas that we could find them in certain or in India, I'm sure they exist in other places where there aren't books being written and, and things, many places. But for us who, you know, don't have the ability to learn directly and experience directly what that is, because it's a profound impact, you know, to experience that that's possible. It definitely shifted me and it shifts a lot of people, but if we are using our own bodies and each other in relationship to try and understand the union, understand these two forces, what would you say is some of the productive ways to use you know, relationship, to use our bodies, to help bring us you know, more, you know, closer to the state where we're just aware of who we really are? Mm-hmm. Well, the the body is the main machine to to
1: create. So it's a generator of energy all the time. Um, Physically, emotionally, mentally, we are creating energy all the time. And that not only affects the world we live in, it's also affecting even other planets um, and other systems and dimensions. Uh, Every decision, every action we do we modify other realities. Um, so um, using our body as a way of uh, modifying many things um, is uh, is key to a great transformation. Um, because sometimes we feel that we are uh, dense in a very dense uh, way that we have to light up and go somewhere in the fifth dimension. But we have to remember that um, we are not what we are here. That we are just a tiny little part of our own reality. We are like the anchor of a boat. So the boat can sink if there is no an anchor. So our bodies are like the anchors for the entire being that we are, and if we are not here, present in this in this um, world, so the boat can sink. The thing is that we have be we we, we should be connected with the how do you say chain. rope chain chain uh, to the boat, which is our connection. Otherwise. We are there and the boat (laughs) leaves, which happens for many. Um, Many boats going away (laughs) and many anchors here in the sand. Um, um, So the thing is that our work here is to be anchored here. And we have tools in this world like food, like sex, like um, um, exercise, like many things. Uh, breathing. Practical, yeah, breathing mainly it, that seems silly sometimes, but that they are the key for holding that boat, which is the spirit. Um, so the thing is that we have to, we have learned about this for so long since we are humans about sexuality, food. Uh, practical things like doing the initiatic path and walk around the planet and feeling the ground and doing so many things, very earthy things. Until there was this moment in which people started to feel that we were punished to be here in this reality and that we are trapped in this reality. So they started to look to the skies and try to escape from this reality and leave to the boat. um, Believing that in the boat is the real, the the reality. Um, So um, for the last 3,000 or 2,000 years, we have been denying all the tools that make the Spirit exist. Because uh, we are not trapped here. The Spirit created this. Because the Spirit is willing to manifest. For the Spirit to be unity is very boring. I told you yesterday. Um, Because the, the will of the universe is to create, to manifest, to do things with things it has within. So if we all get enlightened right now, and we all go to the fifth dimension, and suddenly we understand everything, someone will say, and now what? What do we do? So someone would say, "Well, let's go back, because <laughs> at least there is food." So sex,
0: food, sex, laughter, food, whatever, dancing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, uh, so the thing is, try to live here with the tools that we have here, but not losing this chain that connects us to the to the spirit, to the higher self that we are. Um, so, th- this past two thousand years, we have been denying the reality as if it is a punishment. And we blame ourselves if we feel pleasure. Um, sorry, but we're the Christians <laughs> and Islam. Uh, Semitic people, basically, not Christians, but Semitic people, they suffer so much in the desert that they thought that the only way to escape was to suffer a little bit more. Um, and the people in the rainforest said, I don't know what you're talking about. That's why when you go to Native Americans, they say, why to suffer <laughs> if if we live plainly? Um, so we, the, the Semitic people spread along the entire planet a vision of suffering that in 2,000 years have been uh, ruling our minds. Um, that's why most of the people start to look at truth in the Amazon, in the desert here, in Native Americans from the South America, Central America, or the Australian people, or, I don't know, Asia. (coughs) Because there is other points of view that are not about suffering, that are about living this reality as a way of manifestation of the Spirit. So um, the ways in which we can really live plenty and be useful for the universe is if we live plenty here with the reality that we have designed for ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's, you talk about the Semitic people and, and I resonate with that deeply, but there's also in Eastern philosophy and traditions, there's a lot of people who've studied in that way and they will casually use the word meat suit for this body, but it's almost in a denigrating way. Like, oh yeah, this is just the meat soup. The important thing is the spirit. Right? Yeah. And I think there's some of us here who've found ourselves casually denigrating this yeah. here, this fucking magic portal manifesting incarnation of the soul and the spirit in form. This is it. This is all of the things as well. Like so there's not only in that in the Semitic way, but there's also in some other philosophies where it's like, no, 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 let's just meditate out of this thing, let the body go to waste, the ascetic, the ascetic, you know, attitudes. Whereas yep. really what you're saying, what I've always really felt and believed and you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, me and Vailana, I'll talk to you guys about some of the tantric path we've been on and really using this like, all right, let's, let's see what this body is capable of when you unleash the maximum amount of pleasure and energy and laughter and love and sensuality and support. And let's, mm-hmm. let's honor this, this vessel in a different way. And so I think it's a, it's a reminder to be like, no, 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 no. Like we got, we got something magical here. Like yeah. really, really magical, and we won't be able to hold on to it forever, but while we fucking have it, let's go
1: yes' the the body biology is is the most perfect technology ever created by the spirit, and it's like it's like if you um uh like if you have been designing the best car ever and when it's ready, you say, "No, I don't deserve this because. I'd rather be in the forest and, you know, but but I did it all my life and, you know, it's a, so let's drive a little bit. Um,
0: yeah, let's push the buttons. Let's, yeah. let's, let's use the levers. What does this one do? Yeah. Oh, this one's, in your, it's, this one's in your anus. Great. Yeah. Push it. You made it. And you will figure out amazing things. <laughs> but really, but really, though, it's like, it's this crazy idea. Like, no, no, no I'm not going to push that button. That, but no, no you, well, you made yeah. it you made that button as as the manifesting principle of the universe, you fucking made it push it. <laughs> yeah. at least once. Yeah. <laughs> see what happens. at least you have to try. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. yes the, um every part every part of the body of of the body has a connection with the fourth, fifth, and sixth dimension. Um, uh, seventh is another thing, but uh until the sixth dimension each part of your body is connected with the entire divinity. And, and uh, any point you, you touch, any pleasure you feel is felt in all those dimensions. Um, so um, sometimes we believe that if we f- feel something here, for example, in the sixth dimension, I, there are some beings that, um, well, here in this third dimension too, but Uh, suffering, why do we have to suffer? And the suffering that we feel as individuals, when you put all that together as a suffering, there are beings in the sixth dimension that feel pleasure because they don't understand the amount of, um, of, of suffering as something bad, but as a conjunction of energy that is discharging in the body like some people love to suffer where there are beings that live because of that suffering that we create and there are others that can feel the joy uh, very high so so anything our body is like this machine that whatever you touch you are modifying other realities. Like when you understand why your knee is hurting and suddenly you understand that this is connected with all your fathers and grandparents (laughs) and all everybody. And when you do something with your leg, you heal all your history. And just by doing this. And um, it's a complete complex and and, an incredible machine that the spiritual realm has created in order to be able to, to live their dreams, our dreams. Uh, so, um, like this planet, this planet was also for that. So, um, talking about the feminine and the, and the masculine energy, uh, both energies are within every human. Both energies are in every one of us. Uh, and biology just accomplished to manifest it physically. And um, to manifest other things, like keep going with evolution, like having kids and so on. But um, when we discover that that potentiality is within us, it's not in tools outside, and that in every part of our body we have the ability to connect with all that, so we will discover really the divine within, uh, which is not something hidden in a flesh suit. is uh, the flesh suit that embodies the spirit, the divine. Um, and uh, when we see the body as something separate from the spirit, it's because we have been living in cultures that made us believe that we are trapped in a body, that our essence should be free from our body. Mm. Uh, if that would be like that, why not to kill ourselves right now? Why not? Because the system was prepared to live, not to die. Mm. And um, because the spirit wants to live. And to die is just another step in life. But it's not the main one. Because when you die, you immediately are born again. And that's a problem. For those who want to die. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you want to go to heaven or something like that. (laughs) But that's only in your mind. (laughs) When you die, you are born again. uh, Immediately. Um, But your mind thinks that that process is eternal. So that's why you can enjoy kind of a heaven or hell, whatever you want. But actually energy is transforming constantly in the matter. So positive, negative, positive, negative. It's a constant. Well, that,
0: that's the, I mean, that's the paradox of upon death, you're transcending the third. You're not no longer bound in the third dimension, at least accessing the fourth, which is the dimension of timelessness. Mm-hmm. So in the dimension of timelessness, it's both, it's both eternity and immediate. And both yeah. of those are the same. So it's a, it's a very interesting paradox. But I just want to shift it back to one important concept And this was the idea of how we have judgments about pain or we have judgments about what we feel. But if you start to shift that and look at those like, all right, these are just different notes on a keyboard or different synths in a, in a symphony. I remember once in and I was in a, in a polyamorous relationship and it got really hard at certain times. And it was incredibly, I was incredibly jealous and pain and in pain and suffering and I remember one point I had this realization at, at one of the most difficult times where my sweetheart was with someone that was really hard for me, for her to be with. And uh, I remember thinking like, you know what? Like this feeling is so strong. It's such a strong feeling. I have like a deep appreciation for this. And one day, and I was actually driving in the car I was in the passenger seat, and I was, had my hand outside the window and I could feel the wind hitting my hand. And I was like, this is like so much wind, like so much energy hitting my body. And I was like, I wonder if one day, you know, I'll miss being able to just feel this, even though it's terrible. Like, I don't like how it feels. Like there's a beauty to feeling this much energy, you know, and that little subtle perspective shift changed how I approached it. There was like just little twinge of appreciation. And we can do that with, with anything just to say like, this is a lot of energy that I'm feeling. This is, this is beautiful. And, And it's kind of this warrior poet mindset that I've always kind of had. Like the only thing I don't want is to feel nothing, to feel numb, mm-hmm. to have everything be muted and gray. Like as long as I'm feeling something, like really feeling something, feeling really deeply sad or deeply in love or deeply in joy or deeply in laughter, like that's, that's living, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we can just kind of gently remove the judgment about this is good, this is bad, and just be like, no, I'm here to feel. Like I'm really here to feel and, that's why uh, we
1: decided to live here in this right. third dimension. Uh, otherwise, we would be in the seventh. Yeah. Um, we have a part of us living in the seventh dimension, not feeling anything and feeling everything at the same time. Um, the lighted ones, uh, they are holding the meaning of everything. Um, but they cannot have any meaning if we don't do stuff. So, it's us or the part of us in the third dimension that are able to, to give all these memories and all this information to the entire universe of how to live. And it's all about this perception of things that changed completely everything. It's not a good energy or a bad energy. It's how we approach that energy. Um, because, uh, for example, people is scared of an, of an earthquake for example. uh, Or earthquake can kill people. Yeah. But if there is no earthquake, we wouldn't have this amazing view. But not only that, we wouldn't have evolution. And and an earthquake for Earth is us doing this. (laughs) How many have died right now? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I'm relaxed. So, um, (laughs) so, the, the, there is no bad or good for the universe. It's releasing of energy. Yeah. So what we put as, as bad energy or good energy is really a point of view, a perception of our morality. Mm. And uh, the universe doesn't have morality. I'm sorry if you have. <laughs> but but um, morality is something related to the place where we live and where we were born. Mm. Um, it's a point of view... Of one place. That that's what means morality. It comes from the word morate. It's a place where you live. And it's how the people see from the place you live. So if you move and you change your place, you change your morality. You change the way you see the things. And the universe doesn't have a place. So it doesn't have morality. So it's not good, no bad. It's just how you approach to the energy. How do you want to leave that energy that you are experiencing
0: yeah and if we have we have the ability to you know access and adopt perspectives from from these other when we really understand them and i think i think we underestimate how much choice we have and how powerful we are to be able to adapt this and so if we if we choose kind of like i did unconsciously if we choose, I was almost adopting a 6th dimensional perspective when I was really suffering and in that pain to say like, "Ah, oh, there's something beautiful about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we have the ability to do that all the time. And sometimes it can manifest in physical form. In my talk with Vailana, we'll talk a little bit about the, you know, what we call the black sutra. And this is a whole map that we created, but this is how we transmute the sensation of pain into the sensation of pleasure. It's like, okay, we're gonna use this energy and mix it with this energy and it's gonna multiply, but with our own mind able to change that energy into a different type of energy. Like we have this power to be able to do that. And so it just depends on how we approach it. We can approach a cold plunge and be like, oh my God, it's gonna be cold. But you know, as Wim Hof said, cold is an emotion. Like this is our idea, this is a sensation. And we shift our mind about it. We just shift it like no, and adopt this other purview, this other perspective. And then all of a sudden it's exhilarating from the moment, like from the drop. And this is the power we have as creators, right? like we can create far beyond what we thought that we could create. We can change things that we think are immutable by our own psyche. Yeah. Maybe I can't, you know, sing this umbrella up into the air like maybe some of the ancients but could. <laughs> but Eventually. <laughs> but I can change the way I look at a certain sensation or a certain energy and actually change it. Mm-hmm. Like actually change it. Yes. Um,
1: so, some uh, recurring question is, is there free will? Like, we, can we choose? Um, I always answer that no, we don't have free will. Of course not. Uh, but there is free will which is very different. There is free will, but for those who remember that the body is a projection of the spirit and not the spirit is a projection from the body. Um, This would be like this. Um, The spirit was able to manifest the body by free will, but the body has matrix and patterns. So it is manifested through so many links that it's really difficult to, to untangle all the links that, that made up the, the matter. So once you are inside the matter, there is no free will as a person, as a personality, because the personality is a program that doesn't have free will because it's not the spiritual. So me, Matthias, I don't have free will the only way I can, f- I can have free will is when I connect with my higher self mm-hmm. and, I, and I let my body be what it is supposed to be. So I am not ruled by someone else. I am connected with my real self that is using this. The problem is when I want to have free will, being Matthias. It's like uh, like telling to the car, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> and the car won't move (coughs) because it needs many things from this being to be moved so I don't know if it happened usually to you that uh, bad things happen when your ego is in control (laughs) usually Um, and that doesn't mean that ego is bad the ego is really useful it's like the fuel for the car so without ego you can do anything but Ego can't drive. Ego is the fuel for driving, but it's not the driver. Understand the difference. So it's not about leaving the ego away. No, it's it's don't put the fuel in the the front seat. You know? (laughs) (coughs) Um, So uh, when we let the ego locate in the place where it belongs, which is the fuel for everything, but you leave your higher self being in control of the car that is the body, um, suddenly you have free will. You can choose, you can feel, you can decide, because it's not your personality in control. And that takes a long time to, to work on, because it's not that easy, of course, because... Um, Uh, Sometimes we believe that we are living the present, for example. We say, this is the present, but it's not. From the point of view of the fourth dimension, we are living in the past. Because everything that I am doing now, for example, when I speak, I do this. Why? And maybe you don't do that. Why? Because I'm Argentinian. Italian. (laughs) So when I speak, if I don't do this, I die. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) But... (laughs) It's my body. It's, it's my body saying you have to move now. So um, <laughs> it's my grandfather, my grandgrandfather, grandfather, my grandmother, everyone saying <laughs> this in order to explain something. Um, so um, so I, 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 don't con- I can't control. I don't have free will. Uh, when I speak, I move. Uh, it's, it's my family moving. So it's my past. So I'm living my past right now. So my body is living in Italy in this moment. Um, so um, because of this, um, we have to go and heal our history, uh, see our parents, where we come from, to heal the energy, the feminine energy we have inside, the masculine energy we have inside, to heal our history, our, our culture, our perceptions of religion, of spirituality. We have to do so many things to teach again to the body that is a tool that has been receiving all this data in order to work. Uh, but if I am willing to be free and to manifest and create by myself and not by others, um, I have to connect with something bigger than just me. Uh, I, all this is the fuel. I am, I am able to speak a lot because in my fuel there is Italian and Argentinian blood that makes me speak a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes without any sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do <laughs> down there. Uh, so, um, so th- that's a tool that I have received from the past. That is not free. That is something that conditions me to be what I am. Uh, But I can use that that sometimes can be a problem for many people. I can use that uh, to be useful um, from my free will, leaving my higher self be in charge of the situation. And sometimes I've heard that some people say, but I I don't want to leave that people um, be in charge of me. And that's the mistake that we do, that, if that people is someone else, like if someone in the universe is different from us, and actually we don't, as you said, uh, that I explained to you yesterday, everything is an organism. Uh, if, If the cells in the intestine doesn't match with the cells in the heart, if they don't work together with the cells of the brain, so the body dies. And... If every cell of the body wants to be the heart, like few people want, like we want to go and live in the fifth dimension, the heart of everything, well, that's a heart attack (laughs) for the system. Uh, Too many people being enlightened. We need people working in the kidneys like this (laughs) in Mm -hmm. Earth. Uh, People working with the shit. Um, Otherwise, we die. (laughs) So, um, we need cells living in these realities too. So, because we are an organism, it's not like, oh, but they live better. They have to deal with many things. We have to deal with our part, but we are the body. So, uh, whatever we do here, even if it is very low in energy, is useful for many other beings in the body, uh, which is the universe. So, um, it's about how you decide to leave from your ego trying to survive or from the higher self using what you have created as a tool.
0: And now you understand why I was so excited <laughs> to have a chance to talk to Tia Stefano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We have, uh, we have 30 minutes for questions. And obviously, you guys will now be faced with the task that I was—I've been faced with for the past few days. What the hell do you ask a man who can give you an answer to pretty much anything? Um, so, but let's do it. So, we're going to put a microphone up over there, and really, you know, I just encourage people who really feel guided by this, uh, guided from a deep place, to ask uh, ask whatever question comes through. I will let you know too that I am going to have to immediately run off stage at two o'clock to make it to the sound check for our album release tonight. So I love you all and I'll say goodbye right now, but let's, uh, let's go for 30 minutes here. Hello. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) If you could give one technique that every human on the planet would do every day for a month, what would it be? Breathing.
1: Um, breathing properly, <laughs> that would be, uh, there are many techniques f- for breathing for sure. There are many, but that balances everything, uh, different ways of, of breathing, um, is the, is the best technique to balance any hormones, uh, thoughts, the spirit. Basically, I was telling yesterday that, um, um spirituality comes from the latin word spirare that means breathe. So the only way to become spiritual is by breathing properly. <laughs> so i guess that it would be become aware of your breathing every day.
0: Did you mimic a type of breathing that i could
1: copy <laughs> <from the> next <laughs> month please? I copy. No, it's always through the nose, not the mouth. Um for the mouth is other things like releasing energy but with the nose is always from here and try to count as many numbers every day one second more like one maybe you can't and then how uh, until how many you can the farthest you can count when you are breathing in and then you hold the air the same amount of time of those seconds. And then you release through the nose the same amount of time. So start with four or three, and then every day add a new one. And, and always from here, not here. Like
0: mm. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> and if there's time at the end, could you tell us whatever your favorite story or myth is? Story or myth? But I want to give other people a chance to yeah. ask questions. Take but sure. there's time Yeah, for the love of a God, little, please. A final, a final story. To- <laughs> um, you know, just to briefly sum up for the podcast, you know, it was a beautiful way that we drew all this intergalactic cosmic conversation <laughs> together. And he said, look, there's three things. You know, listen to what your body wants to eat. Truly understand that if you want to see more clearly and be, you know, have more light, eat food that has been touched by light, the fruits, the plants, these things if you know if you really want to connect with your spiritual self breathe you know through your nose in the way you described and if you want to raise your vibration fucking laugh like laugh and those Lots. were the those are the three <laughs> things that uh that he mentioned so just thought i would mention that and uh, and give you guys the cliff notes before the uh vodcast comes out but i thought that was just really beautiful
2: all right um so i have found geometry and uh different dimensional spaces to be very useful in talking about spirituality. Um, It's partially because I have a background in physics and mathematics. Mm -hmm. Um, I did my PhD related to space-time. And when I get to talking about our current reality, I usually get stuck on whether to refer to this as three dimensions or four dimensions because there are a lot of reasons to think of Time is just another space that it or another dimension that is intimately connected to the three spatial dimensions. Like, um, so a lot of physics actually happens in four dimensional equations rather than the three dimensions. Um, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that, like whether this is a whether you think of this as a three dimensional reality or a four dimensional reality in this moment right here. We This, like a time slice is three dimensions. But the full thing, uh, past and future included, is four dimensions.
1: Yes. uh, We are actually already living in the fourth dimension completely. Um, But our brain hasn't been uh, adapted to perceive the fourth dimension. Uh, So that's why we only perceive the third one. But actually all the reality is living through... Uh, four dimensions um of course, we cannot say there is a third and fourth and fifth and the second like like separated because all of them are together. What I would say is that we live in a multi dimensional uh, reality in which our um our present time is living in the fourth dimension, but our evolution is are, is able to perceive. Only three, um, but many of us we are already evolving to perceive the fourth. That's why we can remember, we can feel different things, and so on. So um, I guess that science should look into spirituality to see what it's coming next. <laughs> Sometimes
2: I would really like to get some of my mathematician friends to kind of look at the mathematics of different dimensions yeah. and how that might relate to some of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but four dimension rules. I mean,
2: <laughs> that's what I've been feeling, but like a lot of people only think of this as 3D and like yeah. when I talk to them and I'm like oh, in this four dimensional space, I've, I've been jumping back and forth in the way I describe it.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's that. It, it, there's a lot of talk about it, but uh, actually is that. It's uh, we are living in a time of fourth dimension right now. But we can, most of the people cannot perceive it. Hmm.
0: Thank, yeah. you, bro. Thank you,
2: brother. Check, check. Love your talk. Um, Thank you. you said that the only way to really get free will is through the spirit, through something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the best practice to connect with something bigger than you?
1: Oh, uh, um, I guess that try to do, or go and practice things that you would never do, <laughs> and break your head until you don't know who you are.
0: <laughs> Welcome to like fit for service, Sedona. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, or
1: or go to India without insurance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Level two, fit for <laughs> service two. India without insurance.
1: <laughs> Something like that. that. That's why a lot of people go to, to India to seek spirituality, to find the higher self. India, um, um, India represents in the planet, the, as an example, India represents in the planet the intestines of the planet, uh, which means that it tries to get all the shit out of you so you can only take the essence. <laughs> so that's why all the territory is, is doing that process. But you can do that just by changing uh, for a moment your life as um, something unexpected. Like you were saying about ayahuasca, for example. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that breaks all the, the ego, the control, everything to crack into you and, and allow you to speak with your real self. Mm-hmm. So it should be stuff that makes you forget who you are basically. Got it. Thank you. Hi, thank you for your talk. It was awesome. Um, My question is, is when I was younger, I had, I was in a life threatening car accident and I had experienced this feeling. I think it was when you were describing the dimensions of like feeling everything or like knowing everything, but not having anything at all. And my interpretation of that was that I had an out-of-body experience, but now I'm like, huh, I don't know what I would call it. So <laughs> I'm just curious, like, how would you describe that, and like, what's going on with the body or the soul,
2: like, when you do experience something like that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the the body, the, the existence basically is a um, conjunction of data. It is that's why they call it the matrix? But it's not because it's like a program. Is like a network of data, information, all connected one to another. And so, when you feel a hit of something, which is, for example, death, um, all this data creates like a expansion of wave, a wave of expansion that that moves everything and disconnects some data from another. So, this creates the the feeling that. You are expanding uh, because really, you, you your body doesn't end here. It con- it follows. It continues. So when you feel the, the the heat of something, everything like expands, and suddenly all the information that is around in your magnetical field, um, which is past information, future information, anything, kind of moves so fast. That you in one second can see all your life going through, like, um, and many other information from other levels of your consciousness that were there, but not connected with your core. Um, so, what happens when you have this experience is that your body expanded into outside of your magnetical field, and you started to connect with information around and in other levels that you don't usually do because you're focused on what you are. Um, and, and that's why it's so confusing and no time and everything. You, you start to see geometries and, and, and weird stuff. Uh, and when you die, basically it happens the same, but it continues. It's it doesn't come back like, a boom, like this, but it, con- it continues. So the matter starts to spread in a different way, which is degradation but it's spread and, um, and the, the soul spreads more and the spirit expands more. So uh, it's like a wave uh, what is happening. It's not the soul coming out of the body. It's like a wave. That expands. That's why you start to connect with data, information and stuff. <laughs>
0: hmm. Just a casual, complete explanation of a near-death experience. No big <laughs> deal. <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One, I love you so much. So grateful for your work. Two, thank you for answering questions about my young trip to India that I didn't even know that I had. (laughs) Mm. Great.
2: Um, And my real question is, because I've heard you talk about your memories from other incarnations, I'm curious to know from this lifetime what you're doing right here, right now with us in a future incarnation or in another present moment. What would you want your legacy from this lifetime to really be? And what would you be sharing with people in that future gathering on a microphone, being interviewed? What's alive in your heart about this moment now?
1: Uh, Well, I, I, what I am doing right now um, in, in this lifetime is trying to connect some data that was disconnected and In some levels, we need for that to be connected again, so we could restart the system for this new time. Uh, So I describe myself right now like a a electrician. Electrician, Electrician. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, But for the future, I mean, um, what do I expect? I I I love pedagogy, and I love education. more than anything and uh, that's why I my, my life brought me to answer questions and try to explain stuff um, so I would what I do here besides my other task being a portal
0: <laughs> <laughs> he dropped that on the podcast yesterday he's like well besides my main job which is being a portal I really like to teach <laughs> I was like so, I just let it slide for a little while and I was like <laughs> I can't hold it any longer <laughs> what did you just say <laughs>
1: So, so that, that's my other job. But, um, but <laughs> my, um, right now what I am doing is, is for me, it's education, which is not educate people to know stuff, but educate means actually educo, educare in Latin. That means to bring what is within outside. So it's, that's the meaning of education. And so it's trying to help remembering uh, everyone what you already know, but you just forgot. So I would like that in the future, people could um, uh, could use all this as, as something, uh, as a basis for, for what they have come to do, like a map. I'm trying to leave a map.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're doing a pretty damn good job. Thank you. Thank
2: you. <laughs>
1: So grateful for your presence here. Um, we met briefly in Egypt last year, and I've been dying to ask you these questions. Okay. And so, as Egypt is the throat chakra of the earth, and you've been speaking about the ley lines that are overlaid over this planet, what is the holy trinity,
2: the matter, and the pattern of the matrix of Egypt, Atlantis, and the stars, specifically Sirius?
1: Mm-hmm. What is the link? You mean... um between them, um, all the mother civilization that led led us here was Sirius. Um, we call it Inna, and um, Sirius was is the place where the main civilization used to guide uh, towards planets that were awakening. <coughs> so, um, in between. Orion and Sirius, there is um, um, a thought of the universe as a place of harvesting consciousness, uh, data. As much data you can har- harvest, the, the best for the universe. So they were looking for planets that were awakening. So um, Sirius was kind of the place that led other civilizations to go to these kind of planets, and one of them was Earth. So, Atlantean civilization was one of the first ones uh, that has been molded by entirely other beings from from the stars to make this planet into a portal uh, for that information and for many others that were trying to connect with these experiences here. Um, it's a long story, but uh, basically, Atlantis, uh, Atlantis spread along the planet to seek for those specific spots where every temple and pyramid would download information from Sirius and um, Pleiades and um, Orion. Um, So that's why all the pyramids were built in that way uh, along the planet and because of the links and information that Sirius gave to us. Thank you. The mother civilization. Thank you. Thank you for this honor. Thank you. I have some sense that death, both the final crescendo, as well as the many preparatory opportunities before that, have more possibility of being pleasurable and productive. And I'm curious if there have been existences in which this were true. And if you can support us in remembering how
2: to facilitate this.
1: To facilitate what? Death,
2: death being more pleasurable and or productive.
1: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, many, many ancient cultures did that because uh, I remember that in Atlantean culture, when we were born or our kids were born, we used to say to them, uh, welcome to life, the path to death. And... and the whole life was a preparation to die. So we were like like happy to wait for death because it was not something taboo that you shouldn't speak about or no, don't don't speak about death. It was like, yeah, remember that you will die (laughs) and that when you die, it will be amazing because after that you will expand and feel and all that. So we were raised from our childhood to not to fear death, because death was an expansion for the spirit. And the only way in which we can die with pleasure is if we live with pleasure. Because in the moment of death, everything that you have lived and your body have lived expands. So the other reality that you will live is accordingly to the vibration that you have in your body. That's why we had to live a plentiful life, a happy life, in order to expand death. And when people were trying to, were, were about to die, I remember some priestess doing like this tantric massage to the body, uh, making them feel pleasure, um, uh, singing songs, uh, um, dancing, celebrating. Everyone was dressed with colors. Uh, it was not like, a, like a goodbye, it was like, see you later. <laughs> And it will be great. So um, and uh, of course, some they took some uh, plants, medicines. So so the transition would be um, uh, a trip, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. I'm in. Sign me up. Take note. <laughs> That's a good way to die. That's the way. That's the way. And, and it's just one of those interesting things because it makes, of course, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Laura Huxley wrote that one shining moment where she was leading Aldous through his death. And it's such a touching piece to to encounter. But he was on, uh, I think he was on LSD and might've been another medicine as well. And she was just encouraging him. But it was at least this glimpse in a different way. But what you're describing, when that becomes within the culture and you understand that, the pleasure of death is woven with the pleasure of life and how to to sing and to have a, a massage and energy, even sexual and all of the energy pushed in and the medicine and, and the hymns and and make this a joyous transition. Yeah. Like, fuck, of course. Yeah. Like, of course, of course. When, when, when,
1: my, when my grandmother was dying, um, I, I created a portal in the hospital. <laughs> I put all crystals, songs and colors and DNA, Uh, rainbows everywhere and all the nurses wanted to be in that room (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I I put some stuff below the the bed to create a portal so she could go faster and and everything and it was happy the room was happy so that was the 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 goal so to go happy Uh, otherwise it's like to lower energy and you're trapping the other ones yeah Mm -hmm
0: makes sense. Yep.
2: Hi, thank you so much for your service. Uh, My question is, how would you instruct or guide our generation to heal generational womb trauma? And not just for those who have a womb, but Mm -hmm. for those that came from a womb?
1: Who, Who came from a womb?
0: sorry all all people all people men and women how do you heal the womb in all in all people the womb the womb the place Ah, uh, yeah yeah
1: the womb Um, well um, men has a womb uh, called prostate prostate how do you say in English prostate prostate okay (laughs) Um, I don't know if you if you know but male are a malformation of a woman sorry <laughs> <laughs> um uh, the universe the universe only signs feminine <laughs> only signs the uh, feminine organisms and then uh if the un- if the evolution needs to make a reservoir of uh of information, they create masculine uh so basically um all the masculine organs are. A malformation of, of the feminine organs. So that means that we have them too. Uh, we have the ovaries in our testicles. We have um, the womb in our prostate.
0: So. Um, and a very large clitoris. A very large what? A very large clitoris. Depending on who.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't it? <laughs> So <laughs> um <Best. laughs> so the thing is <laughs> um that um we are all women in origin. So we just have to reconnect with that memory because we all have been women and we all have been men. So um the uh, one of the things that I guess is important to, to 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 do is is to speak about it with the child with the chil- children uh, why um, because sometimes we don't speak about these things like menstruation about uh, uh, orgasms about all these kind of things of sexuality of the of the womb of, of uh, the clitoris and all these kind of things. We don't speak with, with our kids about that. So they don't know how to handle that information. Uh, sexuality is, uh, starts inside the womb, not when you are a teenager. And um, um, it's something that needs to be normal, normally uh, spoken, not, not only when it comes the time. Um, so they can recognize what is sexuality, what is abuse. For something for for, for example, um, and um, is something that for, for example, in ancient times we we had the first sexual class when we were seven years old, like touch yourself to know how you are, the limits of your body, <coughs> all these kind of things, so I guess that talking about the traumas, talking about the conflicts, and not only in therapy but I had this problem today, I have this, or uh, how do you have this, or how do you, I don't know. Just talking naturally about that uh, could help to, the, the body to recognize, oh, this is not something that I have to keep to myself, so it doesn't create any trauma. Um, this regarding the future, of course. So we could heal and release those tensions in, in the womb. And, Conceptually, also, we are in a time that um, the women, um, the feminine energy, is coming back to power again. In the ancient times, it was a matriarchal society. Um, uh, it was a matriarchal society that is kind of coming back, uh, and it will be like that in the future. So um, the thing is, uh, and that. Society start to speak about the matrix as something bad. For example, we when, when someone hears about matrix, you think about bad things like oh the control and so on. But matrix mean, means mother. And also is the origin for the word womb, matrice. So um, is the so it's something that conceptually uh, we have to talk more than is the womb of the mother? Is the creator? Is the is the energy that we have all inside, and that the men also have this womb inside, but a little bit weird. <laughs> so, just talk about that. Talk about sexuality with kids. Hmm.
0: And we have about four minutes left, so we'll see if we Sorry. get through one or two more <laughs> questions. No, it's been amazing. I answered a lot of questions.
1: So, I heard something one time that resonated. I just want to know your opinion or thoughts on this is that human consciousness evolves at the rate of our technology evolve what
2: at the rate of our technology
1: at the rate of our technology
2: that human consciousness
0: evolves at the rate that our technology evolves
1: oh yeah yes, yes, of course we are uh, in the last in the last fifty years uh we have been much more aware than in any other time and um uh there are some things that we don't recognize that because when we think about Atlantis Lemuria, we think, oh, they were very high and they have these connections and this technology. But uh, no, they 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 were riding donkeys too. I was I was <laughs> I was saying that yesterday. Um, the, the the we are different. So we are now evolving in. I asked once to my guides, why now is the time to create this reconnection of the planet to create the age of Aquarius? Uh, is because of, I don't know, some special things happening in the center of the universe? And there was one master that said, no, it's because you have internet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my question has to do with deja vu. Uh, It's the sort of the familiar feeling and intuitive gesture that has, like, this has happened before. Uh, What in particular creates the similarities or groups that provide the deeper sense of understanding?
0: Sorry, I didn't understand. He's asking what, to explain the phenomenon of deja vu.
1: Oh, deja vu, okay. Uh, Yeah, it's um, basically uh, our brain is designed to... um, look for the same data all the time, so it is. Um, it can um, look for an answer quickly. Like
2: pattern so, recognition? Patterns,
1: yeah. So everything in the universe is, works with patterns, and nothing that will happen is different from what happened already. Yeah. So it's just the same pattern repeated in a different way. So our brain is trying to look for those patterns so it can say, oh, I have an answer for that. So that's why déjà vu is like a evolutionary solution for us to adapt faster to the future.
0: So, Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Any more mysteries of the universe we want explained here? <laughs> <laughs> Last one, probably. I don't
2: know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, throughout my plant medicine journeys and studies and whatnot, I've become pretty fascinated with the mechanics of dimensionalities as it pertains to our mind-body-spirit complexes. And Mm -hmm. I was curious on your perspective, because in my studies outside of experience, I don't know whether to describe this as contradictory information or whether somehow both are simultaneously true, paradoxically, but do you view the soul, our mind-body-spirit complex, as something that's simultaneously aware throughout multiple dimensionalities and densities or something that's on a path of evolution? And as we reach certain apex points, we kind of ascend Mm -hmm. into the next level. Well, all the experiences that you have
1: um, when you open your consciousness, if I understood the question, um, um, are just tiny little slices of the truth, as I said at the beginning. So uh, it's not the truth, it's how you can perceive all this reality. So it's a process of evolution to connect with the different multidimensionality, which is never a correct truth. You cannot say, oh, this is the truth. So um, uh, that's why you should never stop wondering, basically, because the, the key to every answer is a new question. You could never have a last answer. So that's why... Um, every answer will evolve according to your own evolution and perception of your experiences so the universe will change also in the truth according to what you experience that's why we are creating God at the same time that God creates us (laughs) all the time
0: (laughs) thank you well, we, we may not ever have a last answer, but uh, this will be the last question for now.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. I would like to share in Eric's question of what is your favorite story or myth?
1: <laughs> favorite story of what, did you say?
0: Favorite story or myth. Or myth. Story or myth from a different time in a different life in a different place.
1: Oh, uh, from the past. Yeah. Um,
0: or the future. <laughs> <None of them.
1: laughs> oh, from, from, no, uh, myth that I remember that is not from now or you mean yeah, sub, like something one as, of the myths that you know like one of your
0: favorite myths that, that you know that we don't know a story that that we aren't told in this reality but a story that you know that you really resonate with that you think is a powerful story
1: well I, I guess that the um, the story of the blue ones the the when we, when we were in, in Atlantis, they, they told us many stories about the blue ones. That today we have in many cultures, like in India, in, in Mexico, you have these blue beings, like um, gods and goddesses. So, so for us, our main uh, tradition was to become one of those blue ones that they said they came from the from the star of Sirius, and uh, they. Um, they brought here something that we call proticta. Proticta was a cube of energy that beholds um, that the energy of, of, a, for a, of another galaxy that entered in a war with a, with a species called Jakobt. And they were trying to reach the energy of the core of some of these worlds. And these blue ones Took them inside a box and brought it to somewhere that nobody would go uh, because it was a low frequency planet, which was Earth. <laughs> so nobody would come here because the Yakoptic would die just if a human laughed. Because we had so much energy and they were so low in energy that if a human says, ha, like this, they have a heart attack. <laughs> So they would never come here. <laughs> so um, so the story says that they, through Sirius, they ask where is the best place to keep this energy that can transform everything into divine again, into matter, uh, into the essence of the matter. So they said, well, we have a, pro- a pro- um, planet that is evolving and that you can keep it there and they will adore this and they would never touch it. So they brought this here and they h- hide it in the Atlantic Ocean uh, in some islands. And they built an entire population called Taavadar that w- was protected by the blue ones to take care of this energy that was blue. And only them could take care of this. And it was in the hills, and the mountains. And then the humans started to create um, something around until the blue ones said, It's time to share this with the humans. So they start to share this and created Atlantis. And then the energy that they were using there made the civilization grow up and they were guided by these blue ones to build everything that we know today. So, um, and they say everything started because of this um, blue cube that is hidden in the Atlantic Ocean, uh, waiting for. For us to be aware and know how to use it, uh, so so the story said that we have to be ready, prepare, and laugh more. Uh, they said to the kids, "We have to laugh, we have to to love, in order for take care of the blue cube that keeps us all connected to the universe." It uh, was uh, one of the stories <laughs> that they tell us. <laughs>
0: yeah thank you so much brother thank you tiago for coming as well wherever you are i think you're over here somewhere and uh it's been a real pleasure thank you everybody we have begun with the most impressive unofficial start for the fit for service (laughs) summit of all time thanks for tuning in to another episode with matias de stefano hopefully it was as mind expanding for you as it was for me Once again, make sure to check out the offerings at fitforservice.com if you're interested in gathering with us next year. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Have a merry